This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hey, this is Trey. Thank you for joining us for another Thursdays with Trey. Hope you've had a great week. Uh, thank you for the questions. They were thought-provoking as always, and uh, and keep them coming. We are going to slowly but surely uh, work our way through all of them. When I look at the actuarial charts, I think I got about maybe 28, 29 years left. Part of that depends on college football season this fall, but all things going well. I got enough time, I think, to get through the questions. So keep them coming. Uh, Mary Langston, how are you? You have a lot longer left on the actuarial chart than I do. Well, we won't think about that. I'm doing great. How are you, Trey? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. I always look forward to it each week. You must have a terrible week if you look forward to this. <laughs> Well, it's always interesting to hear from viewers and listeners what they're thinking about and then hear your answers because you're always so thoughtful. Uh, half of that's true. <laughs> um, but thank you. You're yes, sir. Uh, every and bit a, as kind as ever. It's a very special week for you, I think. Isn't it maybe an anniversary for you and sweet Terry this week? Oh, my heavens. Thank you for reminding me of that. This is maybe we can take this off the tape maybe <laughs> maybe they're not taping is it right. this week what day yes sir yes sir i think it just passed but it can go the whole week so happy anniversary oh my heavens uh i need to run by dollar general <laughs> uh you know she said she didn't want anything and i believed her so i believe that um, too actually yeah so, so sweet yeah so she got exactly what she wanted she she got nothing <laughs> i don't know how i'll let that get past me um <laughs> It's actually coming up uh, August the 5th. Okay. Happy early anniversary. Three years. A blissful marriage. 32 for me and one for her. So that equals (laughs) 33 years. Well, it's a very special month. So so happy anniversary. And Trey, Uh, are are you ready to get started? I think so. I'm just... So grateful that you reminded me that I need to go make a card or something. Uh, I know you will do something very special. Yeah, I'll give her some golf balls because she doesn't play. So then she turned around and give them to me and it work out perfect. So Right. She would probably say, just go out and golf. That would make me happy. Uh, she always says that. And she doesn't <laughs> want to go out to eat and she doesn't want anything. So, you know, moral of that story is you tend to want to buy more things for people who claim they don't want anything. So I don't know if it's reverse psychology or she just really (laughs) is that good of a person, but she, she doesn't ever want anything. She's really that good of a person. Well, happy anniversary. And we'll get started with our questions, Trey. Um, We have some good ones today. I am so appreciative that they send them our way. So our first question is actually from Texas and it's from Gail and she writes, 
It seems that any given day, regardless of which party you support, you can hear repeats of whatever the talking points are for either party by multiple people. Who comes up with these talking points and how are they distributed to the people who need to know? Well, that, Gail, is a fascinating question, and uh, I have wondered it myself. Uh, Both parties have what they call conference, which is where members meet each week and talk about what's coming up. I think, um, and the reason I'm having to hedge all my answers here is because I almost never attended what they call conference. It's usually the first morning after we get back. So the way the calendar works, you got votes at 6.30 on Monday night, we'd have conference Tuesday morning. If we have votes at 6.30 on Tuesday night, we'd have conference first thing Wednesday morning. But again, my attendance resembled my attendance, my class attendance in college. Uh, I never went. But that's when we talk about what's coming up. And we, and again, that word conference, that's actually a real assembling of people. We also have conference used in another way. We have a conference chair. Uh, Catherine McMorris Rogers was the conference chair when I was there, although there may, there may have been others. Uh, Again, I, I apologize. My attendance was very, very poor. Uh, As you may recall, Liz Cheney was the conference chair and then, uh, well, I think we remember what happened there. And now it's Elise Stefanik. So there is a conference chair that also kind of helps with what they call messaging. And the GOP and Democrats both have conference chairs and all those conference chairs have communication folks. And their job is to send out, quote, talking points or to highlight certain issues or points Now, the reason that I have to hedge all of my answers is not only did I never use them, I never saw them. I'm sure they came to my office. I'm sure they came to Amanda or Amanda, um, who were two wonderful uh, young women that handle communications for me, but they knew me well enough to know I wasn't going to use them anyway. So the folks I hung out with did not use talking points either. And that's not because they're not helpful. And it's not because they're not informative. I mean, you take a thousand page bill, you can't like discuss a thousand page bill, you have to distill it down to certain important points. But I think the most effective communicators don't talk like politicians. And so the guys and gals that I uh, hung out with the most would have found their own way to phrase it. And they would have found their own way to be perceived as persuasive and credible. And so like you, Gail, I can pretty much tell when I hear a politician on television um, using talking points uh, versus thinking for herself or himself. Having said all that, I don't want to seem too high and mighty. There is value in uniformity and consistency. That's why you hear these phrases. You hear these phrases all the time, job crushing or no one is above the law or, you know, you know, President Obama used to talk about, you know, everyone should pay their fair share. Those are unassailable concepts, but we don't agree on what everyone's fair share is. So that's a talking point that we support this bill because everyone should pay their fair share. Well, who in the world could disagree with that? Or we don't support this bill because it's job crushing. Well, who wants to crush jobs? 
So we try to take these complicated issues and put them in these little two and three word phrases. I just think life is more complicated than that. So you hear these people, they repeat phrases, you know, because they think if they repeat the phrases long enough, some people are actually going to believe them because it's all they've ever heard. The best leaders to me, the ones I respected, I don't need and did not use talking points. Well, thank you so much, Trey. And thank you, Gail, for your question. Our next question is from Anna in Maine. She writes, would you explain the point system used to decide on sentencing? I will, Anna, but I'm going to have to make an assumption that by point system, you're talking about like a guideline system where there are points, there are numerical values assigned to certain things. And uh, and I'll give you the contrast of what a system that's not like point or guideline based system would look like. So mm. under a point system, these are the factors that you need to think about the severity of the crime. All right. How much money was taken? If it's zero to a thousand dollars, that may be one point. If it's $10 million, that may be eight points. The value of what was stolen, if it was not money, the severity of the injuries. Um, if, in an assault case, there was a breaking of the skin or blood, that might be one point. If it's a broken bone, that might be five points. If it was a tooth knocked out, that might be three points. If it was significant disabling, disfiguring injury, that could be 12 points. So you also get points or enhancements based on the sophistication of the scheme. If you you know, did nothing more than break into somebody's, I'm not minimizing break into somebody's tool shed and taking a shovel. Mm-hmm. That's not a really sophisticated scheme. If you are running some bogus investment fund for six years and bilking people out of all of their retirement and sending out fake invoices and fake statements and fake summaries of earnings, that's a more sophisticated scheme. And you're going to get more points for that. Was the person vulnerable that you impacted or, or abused or injured? Was it a child? Was it a senior citizen? Was it someone who had been mentally or physically incapacitated? If you exploit a vulnerable person, you're going to get more points or your guidelines are going to be higher. Did you abuse a position of trust? Um, you know, doing terrible things to children is terrible no matter what your job is. But if you're a school teacher, if you're a youth minister, if you're a guidance counselor, some of these systems say you've abused a position of trust and we're going to give you even more points for that. So also you have to factor in, did the person go to trial, make the victim testify, make the victim have to relive what happened, or did the defendant admit guilt and take responsibility and plead guilty? If you plead guilty, accept responsibility and keep the victim from having to relitigate, at least in open court, what happened, you may get a reduction in your points or or a reduction in your guidelines. And then the other big variable is criminal history. So are you... um, you know, a, is this like a career achievement award for you, uh, a significant crime at the end of a life of lots of petty and middle tier crimes? 
or was this really aberrant behavior? Were you an otherwise model citizen that just snapped one day and walked into a bank with a can of vegetables, which I actually had this happen. This actually was the case. Otherwise, like rational, reasonable person walked into a bank with a can of vegetables and represented it to be a bomb. That's aberrant behavior. That does not excuse the crime, but it does impact the sentence. So why does it matter in these point-based or, or, or guideline-based systems? What we're trying to do is use these different variables to come up with a range that is similar. So somebody in Iowa that commits a similar offense would be sentenced to the, in the same way generally as somebody in Georgia or South Carolina. That's actually the model I prefer. I like consistency. I like proportionality. I don't think it should matter who your prosecutor was. I don't think it should matter what judge you're in front of. I don't think it should matter who your defense attorney is. Mm -hmm. That's one model. The other model is, you know, what we have in South Carolina, um, which is you can have some crimes and the sentence ranges from probation to 20 years. The judge can go anywhere from you can walk out of court today to you'll spend the next 20 years in prison. And that is a ton of discretion. There's another crime I'm thinking of right now that is five years to 30 years. That's 25 years worth of discretion. So point systems or guidelines strive for uniformity, which is good. But every case has different facts and and every defendant, there's something different. I don't want to say unique. I'm not even saying it's dispositive. I'm not even saying you would like give a lot of weight to it, but rarely have I seen two cases identical. So there does need to be a system for kind of factoring in um, these little disparities among criminal activity. So you put your finger on it. There are point or guideline based systems, and then there are purely discretionary systems I like the guideline systems because I like proportionality and uniformity and predictability. Um, But I don't live in a state that has one of those systems, actually. Well, thank you so much, Trey. And thank you, Anna, for your question. That was very interesting. Our last question is, it was, it very much was, especially for someone like me that knows nothing about that type of the world. I find it stunning that you would know nothing about our criminal justice. I'm trying to think if there's anyone less likely to be involved in our criminal justice system than you or my wife. I, why mm. would y'all, why would y'all know the criminal justice system? Well, I'm thankful we have you so that you can teach us what we need to know because yeah. there's so much what that I do not know. know. <laughs> what you need to know is that you don't need to know anything about this because you're never going to be involved in it. And if you were, it would be because somebody, you know, took y'all's debit card or took your credit card, in which case you would be the victim. And um, we'll make sure we get the death penalty for whoever took y'all's debit card. You have a lot of wisdom in that area. So we appreciate it. We'll answer more of your questions when we come back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, 
to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Our last question is all the way from Nebraska and it's from John. And he writes, does a dramatic change in a state's political party direction indicate a change in the views of the voters or do the two operate more independently of one another? Well, John, that's a great question, and I cannot speak for Nebraska or any other state. I'll speak for my own, but I think my answer will be underwhelming for you. I had so little interaction with our state party or even the county party when I was in office. I mean, I knew them. I got along fine with them for the most part. But running for office is a lonely and individual process. And state parties are not supposed to get involved in primaries. So the time you see the state party, the state GOP or the state Democrat party is in the general election. And at least in my state, by the time you get to the general election, uh, it's over. Uh, Because if it's in Mr. Clyburn's district, a Democrat that's nominated is going to win. If it's my district, if it's a Republican nominated, it's going to win. So the state party chair does help with what they call get out the vote. And I don't mean to minimize that. In statewide offices, it does matter. Governor, you know, uh, U.S. Senate, Attorney General, the get out the vote can matter. But, you know, we've gerrymandered these uh, districts so much now that the primary is really all that matters. And state party and county officials are supposed to stay out of primaries. Most do. It's really a thankless job. I mean, to be honest with you, you a, lot, a lot of work, a lot of volunteer work, not compensated, uh, at least at the local level. But, I mean, the reality is, at least when I ran for DA and when I ran for Congress, you don't want to have an antagonistic relationship with your party leaders, but I mean, how are they going to help you? They, they don't get involved in primaries. They don't raise money. Um, they can provide volunteers, but you can do that on your own. I would not read really anything into a, well, I mean, speaking of my own state of South Carolina, we've had some really contentious elections for state party chair. There's a county very close to where we are, Mary Langston, that's had a lot of drama with its own county Republican Party. I ignore all of that. I mean, I I ignore it. It it if you have a good message, adequate resources to reach the voters, um, you're gonna be able to 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 make your case with or without the local party's help. So you can have you can have people that are super, super, super conservative that want to meet on a Saturday morning once a year and litigate all manner of things. Um, You may have a hundred people there. If it's a really big meeting, if it's a gigantic meeting, you may have 500 people there. That's like a thimble full of water in the Pacific, what you need to win the race. Mm -hmm. So as you probably recall, Mary Langston, and this should shock absolutely no one. I didn't. I never went. I don't mm-hmm. know that I ever attended a county GOP convention. I would buy their breakfast sometime. I mean, I was out of town a lot of it. I, I mm-hmm. Again, I, I wanted to honor their volunteer work, I, all of that. But in terms of like it impacting my life, it did not. And the only time I've ever been to a state party function 
I drove down to Columbia one night and introduced Tom Cotton. And the only reason I did that is because they asked me to introduce Tom Cotton. I don't know that I attended another banquet the whole time I was in politics. Mm -hmm. So you can be very successful in politics and not get involved in that at all. I would not read, I would not read much into a state party or county party apparatus moving left and right. I would pay more attention to who the parties are nominating if you want a sense of where a state is headed. Well, thank you so much, Trey, and thank you to our listeners. We really appreciate you sending us questions. All right, Mary Langston, I'm going to give you a long list of things to worry about, but coming into <laughs> contact with our justice system is not going to be on that list. Okay. You, you, okay. Don't, you, don't, you don't need to worry about that. And if I'm 100% wrong about that, I'll come out of retirement. I'll represent you. I know, you're, <laughs> I know you'll be not guilty. So, uh, so we we'll, will. Be, we'll, we'll be fine. So you go back to reading Wuthering Heights or Anna Green Gables or whatever, you know, happy little thing you're reading today. And, and don't worry about any of that stuff. Okay. We'll just trust you to tell us what we need to know. Yeah. What you need to know is you didn't do it. And you're not talking to the cops unless your lawyer's there. That's what you need to know. Okay. So don't sit there and try to pray with them. Don't sit there and talk about what a bad day they're having and what can you do to help you just sit there in silence until I get there. Okay. Uh, We'll try to do that. Yes, sir. Well, happy anniversary to you and sweet Terry. God, you reminded me. And I'm so glad that you remembered what you always do. (laughs) Well, I'm going to make a card and run by Dollar General. And it's the thought that counts. It's what they say. That's right. It's, that's never been true, but that's what they say. The thought that counts. Yeah, do that mm-hmm. next time. Do that next time you have an anniversary. <laughs> say, hey, I, I thought about getting you something, but I didn't. It ain't the thought that counts. <laughs> it is with Terry, though. I believe uh, it. She's, she, she's unusual. She is mm. very unusual. She, what did she do one time? She doesn't like, uh, she doesn't like it when I send flowers. She's there's, I don't know what's wrong with that child, but <laughs> I had, I started to have to send them to everyone at her school because she doesn't like attention. She don't want to be mm-hmm. singled out. And then she told me earlier this week, absolutely forbid me to send her flowers said <laughs> that if I sent her flowers, that she would start looking for a job because she knows I don't want her to work for a little <laughs> while. So She's gotten to be a very tough negotiator. Um, I'll probably <laughs> learn from anyway. the best. I'll probably do it anyway, just to kind of <laughs> test her. But uh, we'll uh, we'll see. August the fifth, thirty three years. It's wonderful. What a blessing. Well, happy anniversary. Thank you so much, and we will see y'all next week, unless um, my wife was serious about not getting her something, and I'm not <laughs> with you anymore. Um, In which case, it's been great. I've enjoyed y'all, and I'll see you on the other side. We know that won't happen, so we will see y'all next week. All righty. Bye-bye. Please subscribe, rate, or review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or at foxnewspodcast.com. You've been listening to the Trey Gowdy Podcast on the Fox News Podcast Network.
I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.